Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly podcast that interviews agency owners and services providers from around the world about operations, growth, and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, and new episodes drop each and every Wednesday. Today's episode features a returning guest in Doug Davidoff, the founder and CEO of Imagine Business Development, a solutions partner fresh off their promotion to the elite tier. We chat through his team's rise through the tier ranks of the partner program and how he's balanced growth with a small, agile team. We then pivot to HubSpot's sales organization and how his team builds relationships with HubSpot sales reps as a means of business development. He shares his recommendations and suggestions for others to do the same, how to build these relationships from the ground up, what partners need to set up organizationally to enable these relationships, and how partners may need to rethink their role in these types of collaborative sales opportunities. That and more with Agency Unfiltered beginning now. Davidoff, welcome back to Agency Unfiltered. How are you doing? Back, yeah, man. I'll tell you, I used to I used to tell people when I spoke, it's after the first break, you realized if they liked you or not. <laughs> you know, they always laugh at your jokes initially, but it's, you know, how many of them come back after the break? Yeah. It tells you whether or not you're doing anything. So to, to be back here on Agency Unfiltered, it, it means I'm, what, what is it that Sally Field said? They like me. They really That's like right. me. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there was, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we can always, uh, highlight the previous episode. I think you brought a ton of uh, awesome insights. And I think I've, I've even heard, I don't know if it's gone its way to you, but I've heard a ton of anecdotal feedback on that episode in, in particular. So round two, oh, at least to me, makes a ton of sense. And so I didn't beat you up too bad the last time. So I appreciate you coming back in as well. The the eye has finally recovered. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm good. Um, now I know, you know, this, we're going to have to paint the picture for folks tuning in uh, to the podcast, but why don't you uh, give us a, give us an idea of, of the wardrobe here. I think there's something very special uh, about maybe the quarter zip that I'm looking at. Actually, um, well, it's actually a full zip. Oh, it's a full zip. Even better. It's a full zip. Even better. It's a full zip. And and it's like they knew we were, they, we were recording today because it came in literally today. Oh, did it really? Oh, time is perfect. It did, like, 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 like two hours ago. And it's the... Uh, it's the nice little HubSpot swag that I got for uh, hit. We hit elite. We hit elite in January, January fifteenth. Yeah, congratulations! Uh, obviously, Thank the you. the shirt's amazing. Looks great. The drip, but uh, that's quite the accomplishment. I mean, obviously, the tier speaks for itself. You're an elite company when you get to the elite tier, you know. Um, and I think that's exactly the the journey uh, that we want to dig into today, right? Um, I think anytime somebody reaches elite, there's so much to pull from: the lessons learned, the experiences, the the speed bumps and all, all the various things. Um, but I think what's interesting, Doug, about you and your team, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from a size perspective, would you do you define your team as small? Is Imagine Business Development, are you a boutique firm? Because I think folks oftentimes correlate maybe Platinum Plus or Elite to team size. Uh, what, what's your take on that? And how do you classify the, the size and scope of your team? So for purposes of this conversation and what led us to, to even conceive of this, I would, I would define us as a small team. Um, 
<clears throat> I actually don't think about size of team. I was, I was actually talking to, you know, when I talk to businesses or partners and, and they'll tell me how big, you know, we're looking to get to 50 people. And I, and I always think to myself, what, why is the objective number of people? Like I, it, it's never made sense to me per se, but I will say that like the, the term boutique makes my skin crawl. So I don't even, I just, we do not think of ourselves or refer to ourselves as a boutique firm. Yeah. And, 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 and in fairness, like I think boutique gets misused. And so there are some boutique firms that are out there that, that are worthy of that. And, 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 and it's fine. Um, but to be a boutique firm, it really means that you're doing, you know, you're truly doing outlier, you're small and you're doing outlier stuff at a very, very, very deep like level. Like super niche, like super niche down yeah. potentially. Yeah. Like you're in a niche of a, you're, you're, you're either, you're either, your market is either a niche of a niche of a niche or what you're doing is a segment of a segment of a segment totally. of a solution. Yep. Um, yeah, that's fair. Why don't you, how big's the team now? If we, again, if we're considering, you know, if we're going to say smaller team, how, how big's the team now? Where are you right looking now, to grow? Today? Yeah. And then where are you looking to grow through the, this year and beyond? Um, so today we are 14 full-time and three interns. Um, next week we'll be at 15 full-time. Okay. Um, we've already got an offer out. One of, one of our interns graduates at, at the end of June and we've already got an offer out to there. Um, when we hit elite, we were at 12, 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, so in January, but in like the core element that got us there. So we hit platinum in, um, April last year. So April, 2020, we hit platinum. We hit elite in, uh, January. I'm sorry. 2021. Yep. Got you. Yes. I can't, I'm still writing 2021. The years at this point, I'll blur together. We we know that. Yeah. So, so April, 2021, we hit platinum January, 2022. We hit elite, you know, in, in, in November, we were at uh, nine people. We were under 10. Uh, and I would tell you under 10 is small. And, and, and you alluded to this and uh, obviously there's some thresholds you have to hit, uh, but it sounds like in the, by the fall, was it the, the sold numbers, the, the amount of sold monthly recurring revenue of HubSpot was at the elite level. So it's been, it's been incremental over the last, you know, less than a year, right? Probably like nine months or so for starting in April. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, so, so we've always, as a, as an agency, we've always, um, outperformed our tier on the sold level versus the MRR. I think one of the things that you know is a little bit unique about our HubSpot journey and our HubSpot partner journey is, is we came in as sales specialists and we were partners in 2011. So like there was <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Um, our focus had always been on the sales side. So um, we were much more, I mean, how, heck, I think it was probably until 2016, maybe 2017, before we actually brought on somebody that wasn't net new to HubSpot, right? So we were talking to people, we, we were not talking to marketing departments. We, we were selling, you know, HubSpot marketing to sales executives talking about lead generation. Yep. Um, and, and, and so our, you know, our sold side has always been higher than our, you know, relatively speaking than our managed side. And, and there are times, by the way, where our sold side has been literally higher than our managed side. <laughs> that doesn't happen too, too frequently. I would imagine that's a hypothesis on my side. Now I get like, what I want to get down to, like the real crux of this is how does, how do you and your team balance that sort of uh, uh, growth, a hyper growth, especially through the tiering infrastructure of the partner program? How do you balance that again with uh, the, you know, managing size, scope, the agility of a smaller team? And 
And it sounds like one of the ways in which you've been able to do that quite successfully uh, are the relationships uh, and the types of collaborative sales processes you run with HubSpot's own sales team. Why don't you just give us a rundown? How, how does that look like for, for you and your team today? So, so there's a couple, uh, couple angles that you just asked. So I'm going to start to the first one that I heard. And if I'm going down the wrong rabbit hole, just uh, you know, shoot me to the other one. Um, Any rabbit hole, Doug, that you want to go down, I'll go down with you. So, so like the, the, the first thing is, I mean, to be candid, elite was never an objective. Um, last year, we realized that we needed to be elite for certain things. Um, you, I mean, we've known each other for a while and um, I think I'm both, uh, you know, a, a, a joy and, uh, you know, and, and the rock in somebody's shoe, you know, somebody at HubSpot shoe, I'd kind of do both of them together. Um, you know, so it's just like, I've always, you know, when we made the decision to partner with HubSpot, I realized, okay, that was a partnership. I'm going to work towards establishing the relationships and, and, you know, th- that are needed. And so to some degree, we've had the benefit. I used to say, you know, we, we, we punched above our tier weight, if, if you will. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of which will get to the story of how we got to, you know, the, the Holy grail. I think a lot of people think is, you know, Hey, we're being brought into new deals from HubSpot, um, is, is that we've just been there consistently saying the same things, doing the same, you know, doing the same things, et cetera. So we realized last year that, that, that we needed to be elite, but it really, like I said, it wasn't about, you know, how do we get elite? And I think that's, um, you know, the other, the other element too, I, I, you know, the, the less you need a a channel for growth, the more likely that channel is going to grow for you. Right. And, and so, you know, we've always viewed it as we need to have, um, our destiny. I, I think, and I'll go on record, I might regret it one day, but you know, I, I, I think the richness of the HubSpot partner program, um, is on, I think it is unreasonably rich. Um, I, I still remember when they told me, like, I remember I learned about the partner program because I had been a constant contact affiliate. And the first person that wanted to buy HubSpot, I'm like, you know, maybe I'll get you know, constant contact gave me 40 bucks. This is a lot more expensive. Maybe they'll give me a hundred bucks and I'll take my wife out to dinner. And they said, oh no, you get 20% for the life of the contract. And I'm like, huh? What? Um, and, and, and so I think they're, they're, I think there's a segment of, of, of people that kind of look and view that as a primary income stream. And, and look, I am not complaining and I, and you know, Yamini, um, whomever else, I'm not asking you to stop paying me my, my, my I'm commissions. Flattered, I'm flattered that you, you know what I mean? Yes, of course. Yes. Yamini is definitely listening to my, in this podcast for sure. Of course. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yes. You know, but I mean, if, if someone, if she hears, I'm saying that I don't need my commissions, then yeah. maybe whoever <laughs> right, the CFO right. is now, right? But it sounds um, like Doug, that, that tier growth in the, the, the revenue sharing portion of the program wasn't always the primary objective for you, for, yeah. for how you identify what growth would look like. Right. It, it seems yeah, to so be like, an output you know, of a whole lot of other uh, efforts. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, 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 and so, you know, our, our focus is how are we controlling our destiny? How are we building our business? You know, I know when I wake up every day that, that as much as I love the executive team at HubSpot, they're not waking up every day saying, how can we make it better for Doug today? Um, and by the way, as a stockholder of HubSpot, I hope they don't, right? They're, you know, their job is to manage their destiny. My job is to manage my destiny. I've always kind of looked at it that way. Um, our paths have intersected for a very long time and, it, you know, it's been a great partnership, but, but the focus has always been, 
you know, where can we be the best? What is our business model? What is our vision? Um, and, and where that intersects and aligns with HubSpot, that's great. Let's do the things that maximize that. But let's also realize that's a, like I've always looked at, that's a byproduct of what we're doing. That's not the focus or the objective of what yeah, we're doing. That makes sense. Now, you you use this term and it was holy grail. And the holy grail is uh, getting looped into sales opportunities by HubSpot, right? Reps that you have relationships with, et cetera. I would, I, I would, I think that there's a sentiment of that. Yeah. I mean, because that's a really, really strong place to be, that type of credibility. How do you build those relationships from scratch for anybody tuning in that says, yes, that is a holy grail for me? So at the risk of offending some listeners, I think I think that there's a problem, that there's a little bit of entitlement. Because when I go to partner events, um, what I hear far too often and in Q&As is, you know, why isn't HubSpot bringing me more business? Um, and, and so I think the first thing is it kind of goes back, the less you need HubSpot to bring you business, the more likely it is that, that, that HubSpot's going to bring you business. Um, I think, so, so again, so the first thing for us was, and, and yeah, I'd get frustrated that, that reps weren't, you know, I'd learn about certain things like I'm better than those people. And then I'd be like, okay, back to work tomorrow. Um, and and so what we've done again is it's never been the objective. We're building our business. Um, I think there's a there's an inclination to chase. So whatever the hottest idea is, whatever the hottest thing is, you start chasing that. So CS COS comes out, and everyone becomes a CMS expert. And here, here, yeah, I should, I should, I should, I should. Um, signals comes out and this comes out and you know, and all those things. And, you know, and today it's revenue operations and, and someone's running around saying, oh, we're going to look, I'm a revenue operations, you know, aficionado or whatever. Well, you know, I was blogging about revenue operations in 2019 when basically no one was calling it revenue operations, you know, in, in the segment. And I've been talking about revenue operations for that period. And, and, you know, we talked about sales and I, and I never made us about, yeah, we could do marketing. Yeah, we did marketing, but we were about the sales side. And there was, again, that consistency, that consistency, that consistency. And, and I think, again, especially, you know, quote unquote, as a small, um, um, company, we, we were, we were maniacally focused on what we did and, and we did it and we did it. And, and look, where we were, yeah, I complain that we should have been tiered higher and, and that, the, that this tiering structure favors marketing agencies. And, and it does favor marketing agencies, right? I mean, it, you know, that's just a fact. But guess what? That is what it is. That is what it is. Guess what? That makes up the majority of, of HubSpot partners. Yeah, I, you know, that, that, that's the game. So we never chased it. And I mean, I, you know, I knock on wood, you know, I, the world caught up in the way we talk about it, the world caught up to us. Right. And, and where it started by the way, was, you know, a, a drip here. I, I like there was one time I mean, what we sought to do was what's the thing that we can solve that no one else can solve. Right. Um, what can we do that, that no other, none of the quote unquote big guys and, and, and the big guys here aren't all that big. So I think we get lost in that, but you know, what can we do that no one else can do? And, and we talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And then an opportunity came and it was like, hey, here's this. And, you know, we stepped up. We had to learn a whole lot in the process of doing that. Um, and then I don't think, and, and by the way, we succeeded. We, it went really well. 
I don't think we got another even, hey, what about for at least a year. Right. It wasn't like, oh, here it is. And then we got a drip. And then we got a drip. And then we got a drip. And then someone came back for a second time. And and we continued to talk our message and we continue to focus in and we continue to build. And and by the way, I'll tell you, I probably helped HubSpot reps for for a couple of years win more deals that I wasn't involved in than than anything that I was involved in. Cause I understood, you know, my job number one, if I wanted to get HubSpot reps to work with me, was I had to understand what was the rep's job. Sure. Right. And 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 their job is they've got a number that they have to hit. They have, you know, and I hear people come up, well, you know, they don't like when I'm selling direct where it's my deal, we approach it very differently and our process is slightly different. But when I'm like, when I'm dealing with a HubSpot rep, what I understand is, and, and what I would advise anybody out there, when you start working with the HubSpot rep, job number one, rep needs to win the deal. Yep. It's a very different role, right? You're, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's support. You're supporting the deal, right? It, it you know, you, you start off supporting the deal and then, and then as you, you know, build some credibility and, and you do some things and, and, and you have to learn, like, it's a big thing of what hill am I going to die on? Right. And, and, and there were aspects. Um, and, you know, when you get on, look, if I was, a, if, if I was a rep and I would say to every agency that's trying to do this, if you were a rep and you were bringing in an agency, you're going to be really nervous because you're like, okay, I don't control what you're doing. Right. You, you gotta, you know, you, you, you've got to show that path that's there. Um, and it, and it can't be this idea of, well, I helped you on this. Now you help me on that. Right. It really is. You're, you're priming the pump. You're pushing it in, you're pushing it in, you're pushing it in. You continue to do something. Then word begins to spread and, you know, and now, you know, the spigot's on and it's, you know, sometimes. So it sounds like obviously consistency, in your ability to show up and enable the deal, but also the consistency in your work uh, helps yeah. speak for itself. It sounds like a mini flywheel, right? And like, you know, good, strong work and consistency will speak for itself, uh, return reps, additional reps, et cetera. But it sounds like too, the other aspect to it, I, just the shiny object syndrome. But you, I think you said maniacal focus of just what are we the best at? What are we strong at? What's our unique value prop? And we're just going to continue to deliver that every single time. And that, that again, ties back to consistency, I think. So- so what I would caution is, so I would say it's not a mini flywheel, it's a flywheel. And the work doesn't speak for itself for a while. So yeah, you got to be speaking about your work. You've got to, now you can't be doing it in the me, 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 right? It's, you know, when, when, when you're, when you're working a deal that's been won by HubSpot and you're seeing something and you're learning something material, what feedback are you giving? What are you saying about how you adjusted this and they're now big fans of HubSpot or, or, or what you saw and, and you're delivering it in, in a very constructive way. Um, you know, like I have to be careful because sometimes I see, I'm like, you did this wrong. Well, if you come in with that, you're, you're, you're done. But it, but if you're constructive and you're talking to the right person and it's consistent or like, and, and you've got a real solution where again, you understand like the solution can't be what's good for you. It can't even t- like, I don't, this is a somewhat nuanced point. It's not even about what's right for the customer, though that is absolutely what matters. You, you've got to understand, you know, what is the world? You have to understand HubSpot's business and what is their business model and what is the individual's business model. And, and, and like, you know, I understand, you know what, reps, once the deal is done, they, all the implementation issues that I deal with, mm-hmm. 
that it's not their issue and it's not going to be their issue. And so I have to cue them into, yeah, yeah, no, I get that that's not an issue, but this is why it matters in a way that says, here's how I can help you save time. Right. Like if it's not a good deal, how can you save time? It's the longevity or like the time frame of which each party will be involved in this cust- prospect or customer success is inherently mm-hmm. different, right? The sales, yeah. the sales rep is engaged for a certain amount of time. Somebody like you or your team would be involved much longer. And so it's like, hey, how do we set things up at the very early stages so that this can be a win-win-win across the board mm-hmm. for everybody? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a whole lot of back channeling that I do in between as we're talking about things to get people on alignment. And now I have reps that reach out to me and say, Hey Doug, I want to run an, you know, a deal past you just to get your take on it. And it's not something like, it's not a deal to be introduced to now me. There's and I'm like, a subject yeah, hey, matter expertise element I'm here to for it. you. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. else? Are there any other tactics for raising awareness of a job well done for a team? You know what I mean? Obviously you mentioned, Hey, especially at the start, uh, the results won't speak for themselves out of the gate, right? So how do you continue to raise awareness uh, amongst uh, the sales folks that you worked with, would like to work with? You know what I mean? Um, be there. Start. I mean, there there are, I mean, so one one path we went down was we were one of the very, very early, as a matter of fact, I think, well, technically we won, well, we won, we, not technically, we won the first deal for advanced sales implementation. On, on, on the accreditation side. So, so we, um, moved up to there and, and, and by the way, we did not get CMS accredited certified or, or any of the other things. It was like, no, that's our game. That's what we're going to do. Um, we, we, we built relationships with people who were running or managing that, by the way, in some ways it's probably easier because those teams have gotten bigger. There's now multiple people and, and, um, like Re- Regina, I know runs the, the the services consultant team that you know that's working and looking to identify. Um, and by the way, you know I I can I can vouch for the fact that HubSpot more than it ever has is looking at the you know how do we utilize partners more for service. So there are like they are open to that, but but again the problem is you know far too often it it's let me tell you how we or what we can do as opposed to like I, I can't. I can't even remember how many conversations I've had with Ashley or Regina where I was sharing thoughts in terms of what they were doing on the program or the plan. Now I would have, like, if I were coming new into that, I'd be having those conversations with, with the people on her team as they're trying to figure those things out. And, and look, they've got a job because they've got to kind of herd the sales rep who's running at a thousand miles and doesn't want to think about this. And, and they're still figuring those things out. And, and, and the more, you know, how can you be a valuable resource to them? And as I'm talking about this out loud, it, it really rhymes a lot with this whole move to community, which is if you're doing community as a tactic, it ain't going to work, right? If, if you're going to do it, what's the ROI on community? It, it's not going to work. What, what, what community does is it creates the conditions so that a fire can occur. Sure. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so that's what you do, right? You can't, like if you're thinking, what do I need to do so that I get more introductions, so that I get brought into deals more? Well, one thing is if you're small, you better not be committed to being small because it's not, can you handle one deal? It's, can you handle every time I come across to something, right? So we've had to deal with that. And by the way, the way we've done it and stayed small is maniacal, here's maniacal again, but maniacal focus and a whole lot of blood on our underlying systems and structures. Um, I'm glad you brought that and, up. 
you know, and, and just, just to finish my other thought, yeah. it's how, how, you know, I, I can't, it, it's not a linear, if you want to get, start getting deals, do this, this, and this over this period of time. It is literally, you know, put a lot of kindling down, get, you know, put some magnifying glasses on the kindling, let, you know, and, and then, you know, oh wait, put, you know, a little bit of smokes happened. There's the one thing we got brought in. Um, hey, this, like I've had situations where this isn't a good deal for me, but I'll tell you what, put me on the call. I'm going to help you win the deal. But now I, and I happen, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, one of my strengths is selling and, and I, Hey, I can help I'll vouch for this or, you know, or whatever. Um, Hey, you know what? I don't know if I'm the right one, but have them talk to me, but I've developed relationships with new salespeople because their customers having a problem. And it's like, look, have them talk to me and I'm probably not the right one, but I'll get them connected to the right one. You won't have to worry about it. Okay. You know, thanks. And then it's not, okay, now where's my introduction? It's, you know, that's more kindling and I create you know, Hey, let's throw some wind in there or something. And it's a very you know, inbound approach, that, right? It's like, how yeah. can I create the most value for my customers, which could either be the end client or prospect, but also the rep themselves. Right. And so, um, yeah, that, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, you brought up, uh, well, you have to be ready. You can't, you can't plan to stay small. And there are some underlying systems processes they have to put into place. So like, what do you need to set up organizationally to enable these types of relationships uh, to find continued success with these types of relationships? So, so I think for a number of years, actually, one of the things that went against me and why I didn't get brought in more was um, there was a very strong perception of me. By the way, I hate having this conversation. I feel so, you know, I was so good. Um but but the only thing anybody knew about was me, right? And 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 that scares like that's red flag to any sales rep because it's like okay, but what do you have behind you? What happens when you have too much? And 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 by the way, you can't start off looking for your average deal size that you're going to win. We had to win smaller than average deal sizes to you know because because I'm not going to give you my high risk. Sure. Hey, here's the. You have really to start with deal. the foundation. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And 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 so that introduced more people. Um, the you know we we demonstrated that we understood where the problems were going to exist before they happened. We 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 had many situations where we said to a rep, okay, well, this is the danger of what's going to happen. They didn't like what we had to say because it made it sound like it was complicated, and they went somewhere else. And sure enough, the problem that we said was going to happen happened. And then it's like, wait, maybe these guys know what they're talking about. Um. But, but again, like I said, you know, we went from, so it, it probably started to turn on end of Q3, 2020. No, actually, no, it's Q4, 2020. We got, we got a couple and then Q1 picked up and then it was like Q2, boom, 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 boom. And, and if we weren't, um, if we had just been pursuing, Hey, give me the, you know, we, we it would have, it would have killed us and we would have lost. We, we would have lost all reputation because we wouldn't have been able to deliver. Um, and so it's like, it's hard to say, what do you need to have in place? But, you know, I've never thought of myself as small. I've never talked about myself as small. I've never talked about size. I've always talked about capability. That's how I viewed it. Um, we're at a place now where we have to be really smart about how we're managing capacity, which I think is an interesting thing because the moment you say to somebody, no, 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 we can't handle it right now, or now's not a good time, or it's not a fit right now, then guess what? You're starting over again. So like, you can't say no, 
but you have to be able to manage the yes. And, and then I'm going to introduce you. And so that kind of sometimes leads to, you know, job number one, rep needs to win the deal. Sometimes we find creative ways that we don't win the deal, right? Rep wins the deal, but we don't win the deal, right? And and that's okay. Um, so it, you know, it really gets into, like, there's no, there's no preset play on, on this. It gets into the, what do you do better than anybody else? And so for me to tell you what you would need to do, what another person would need to do, I would have to know what they do better sure, than they that's do. that's fair. Yeah. Because what we're doing is, is specific to the use cases that, that, that we solve. I mean, I, uh, it, it, reputation really sticks out to me in that consistent quality work in building and maintaining that reputation is really what's like the most important aspect here. I would imagine that if that re, uh, reputation starts to wane, uh, it, I don't know if you've run into it at all, but I would imagine it's 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 fairly difficult or it's an uphill battle to reestablish. Um, yeah, actually, um, and I'm not going to tell names today, obviously, but you know, we've now got a reputation. Oh, and by the way, our first deals that we won, it was like, if it was a complete mess, a complete S show, talk to Doug. And, and literally like, you know, that, that was our reputation. We got the, when it's a complete mess, you know, and it was almost like when you've got nothing to lose. Right. Um, and we're, we're now coming in, I, you know, handful of deals last year and, and a couple more already this year where it was, a partner that someone else was using and they, and it's a botched implementation. And it's like, Hey, Doug, we've got this issue. Right. And, and, you know, so, so we're, you know, we're benefiting from that. Um, but, but it also, you know, we had to, like, we never said no to, because of capacity issues, but we did say no because of fit issues. Right. And, and that means we had to get the ego out of our way. Cause you know what? I can build a landing page. My team can build a landing page. My team can build a website, but, you know what, if you're looking for a partner because you're talking to somebody about marketing hub and, and it's just this and it's then, and you know, and they want blogs, you know, if they want the back end set up right that, Hey, that's what we are. But it was like, Hey, they're looking for blogs and they want creative. It's like, you know what, by the way, anybody that wants business from HubSpot, there's far more than enough to go around. So don't worry about what you're not taking. And, and you have to, you know, you have to let that stuff go. You have to let the ego out. You know, you have to, you have Saying to no let to business ego... is tough. You know, like, yeah, technically we could probably put some capabilities around that and make it happen, you know, but, you know, but it sounds important to be able to do that, to say no to the, the wrong know, fit. The, the thing that was hard wasn't saying no to the business. The thing that was hard was saying someone might be better at it than us, even mm. though I know that there are people better. At it. <laughs> and that's what I mean by it was an ego. Thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. We can do that. And, and it's, when it's early, you, you really don't want to say that because it's like, yeah, let me let let me prove this. You know, I learned early on when you came in with a small retainer with a customer. I think it's what we talked about in our last. Probably, um, yeah, yeah. When, when when I was on here, is you come come in with a small retainer and you're going to prove yourself. It, it never works. You know, when it it wasn't until we started pricing the retainer or the project to be successful that all of a sudden people started adding on because it was successful. So it's like the same thing here, which goes again to you can't chase. You've got to know. What is the place? What is the use case? And be you know repetitive, consistent, and there all the time, talking about it. Heck, there were probably times when there was partner day. You'd see me coming down the hall, and you'd be like, 
okay, well, it's good to see Doug, but oh God, he's going to talk about this. And I don't want to talk about that right now. Right. Cause it was, and right. I mean, I would talk about the same thing again and again and again and again. And that's, what is that? That's marketing one one yeah, Right. It? It's intentional. And yeah, there's value to extract. There's a reason why, you know, Doug, we're, uh, we're right up on time. That one that flew by. Uh, I always try and wrap these episodes with the same question, uh, which means this might be your second time answering it. So maybe we'll try and think of a different spin. It's what is the strangest part of agency life? Well, what's the strangest deal you've ever been folded into? Um, what's the strangest deal? Holy cow. Um, actually we're involved in one right now. It's, it's a company that owns three different companies. They're including two of them are direct competitors with each other. They have multiple HubSpot instances, multiple instances on two other systems, and we're integrating with three other systems. And so we're bringing it, so we're bringing everything together into one, adjusting sales process and getting all their systems to talk to each other. Yeah, that sounds like, uh, that sounds like easy work. Yeah, you know. Piece of cake. In, 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 in between snacks. <laughs> can I give one parting thought? Of course you can. If you want to win, if you want to play here, respect the rep. Respect the rep. That's what you have to understand over and above everything else. Respect the rep. Respect their role. Respect what they need to do. Yeah, that's a great way to close. Well, Doug, thank you uh, again so much for coming on. Uh, we'll see how long it takes for us to get to volume three uh, of this conversation. Uh, but always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. And for all the folks that just tuned in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered. <laughs>